Okay, Eric, today we're in week number seven of our Mark series. This is our, can you believe it? This is our seventh week in Mark chapter one, and we're finally going to finish up Mark chapter one with a really cool story about Jesus healing a leper. And before we get into all the talking points and all the incredible like backstory for this and what this means for us, why don't we just start by reading the scripture itself? So if you're listening at home, this is Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45. Eric, let's start with reading the text. All right, it says, A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning, offering, don't, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priests and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. As a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in secluded places, but people from everywhere kept coming to him. Okay, so here's what we're going to be learning today, is that Jesus is willing to forgive and cleanse those who trust him. That's where we're going to kind of be landing today. And... and we're also going to recognize that the cure that Jesus offers isn't just spiritual, but that it impacts every part of our lives. And I know a lot of times people read passages like this, and they just read through all of it, Don't maybe don't really pay attention to it. Part of it is because they maybe don't really understand the context or the backstory. So Eric, let's start with kind of what's going on at the surface here. Mm-hmm. The surface, and there's some metaphors, there's analogies here, but at the very surface level, there's an infection called leprosy that isn't really a thing today, at least not for most of us. I think it actually still exists, mm-hmm. but it's not really part of our society. So let's start with this. What was a leper in Jesus's day, and what did that mean for him in society? Well, to be a leper in Jesus' day, for, first let me explain You know what I understand about the disease or the infection of leprosy. Now, I'm, I'm not a doctor because I don't have any patients, but <laughs> that's good. I but like I that. do know. I but do you know. Did a stay bit. at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Exactly. So, so I can inform us on on this this disease. Um, you know, a lot of people think it's like a skin disease, and it does affect the skin. But really, it mainly affects uh, nerve endings, and and the skin has a ton of nerve endings in it. And so, what happens is when you when a person has leprosy, they don't feel that any pain at those those nerve endings and so when you get a cut or a scrape or a bruise um on your skin um you know normally it'd be able to heal itself or you'd be able to take care of it but but with these people they can't they don't notice it um their skin gets easily infected um burns scrapes bruises left untreated uh cause cause people to lose their digits to to lose their extremities even, and some deformity starts happening, and their skin starts, um, you know, having some huge uh, sores and infections that uh, really are 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 hideous and gross sometimes, and even with b- broken bones and stuff, you know, like you, you know when you're 
bone is broken that you need to go see a doctor but when they get injured they don't know they don't know they're not feeling anything and so oftentimes they they're left mangled and and in in pretty bad shape and so and it, there's yeah. by the way there's some analogies there maybe we'll we'll come to some of this but really in essence then it's the inability it's like an insensitivity mm. it's like like an inability to really sense what you should sense physically mm -hmm. and just a little teaser there i think spiritually we have a similar condition that that spiritually people who are lost people who aren't believers and maybe some of you are listening to this today. We'll see if the Holy Spirit maybe convicts you even as you listen to this episode. But, but spiritual, we're going to be talking about the infection of sin. And part of the problem with sin is that it keeps us from sensing what we should sense. Mm. Like it makes us numb to the things that should convict us. It keeps us from really like paying attention to the little little markers in our lives that should convict us, because when we come to faith, a big part of coming to faith, spoiler alert, is that all of a sudden, like your soul, your spirit is alive. All of a sudden, you have the ability to sense what's wrong, to sense your problem, and recognize that this where the solution is. But if you don't, if you can't ever, the biblical word for this is conviction. Mm -hmm. Conviction is basically your ability to sense the right spiritual things is when you feel conviction, that's what leads you to say, I need a doctor. But if you don't, like a leper, if you're a spiritual leper and you don't recognize your, your state, your, your wounds, right, your, your need for a physician, then you're never going to seek a physician, and this is what happens to a leper. Yeah, exactly. And, you, you know, so what we're doing today is we're saying that this leprosy is, is like an analogy for our sinful nature and what you were saying was bringing bring to mind so many different things i mean then you could say that a person who hasn't been saved or trusted trusted in jesus maybe there's some spiritual pride there or maybe maybe it's someone who believes in maybe a false jesus or a false religion there's some spiritual pride there they don't know that they still have this infection even if they can't see it on the outside you know, Jesus says it's a heart issue. Our sin is a heart issue, and he 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 makes makes that clear in the New Testament. But for a person who had this disease then back then, um, they would have been um, outcasted from society. Mm -hmm. This would have been a terrible place to be. Um, this this was uh, something that in the Old Testament they would say that this person is unclean, and so they'd have to live outside of the city in some kind of tent or camp um, where other people wouldn't be able to see them or be able to come in contact with them. Actually, in, in Leviticus chapter 13 um, is a part of the this Old Testament uh, law, civil law, about how a person ought to interact with someone who was an unclean leper, and it says in Verse 45 and 46, the leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and she, he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be 
outside the camp. Could so, you imagine? I know. That's yeah. amazing. I, so it, it's almost like, it's interesting. I, I, I hadn't really thought about this till now, Eric, but it's, it's almost like there's two things going on with a leper is on, in one sense, he's unaware of his real problem because part of the problem is his, his, he doesn't have feeling in his nerve ending. So he, he, mm-hmm. he doesn't, he's not sensitive to the types of wounds that we, a normal person would be sensitive to so that you can get it treated. So in one sense, he's like oblivious, but yet in another sense with society, that's the last thing he is, is oblivious. He has got to be aware 24 hours a day of his pariah status, like that I am not regular. I am not whole. Mm-hmm. I can't be around people. And you, ha- you had by law that you even had to say it, unclean, I'm unclean. I mean, how, em- how like embarrassing that would be and how isolating that would feel for a leper. Yeah, and because back then this was an incurable disease. Now I know that there's there's um, methods nowadays to to help lepers, but back then they didn't have the same you know technology and the same you know understanding of you know medical issues as we do now. But this would have been an incurable disease um, if it went away on its own. Then there were laws that you could come and you know, do a cleansing and, and stuff like that. But but this guy would have been alone, self-loathing, wondering if anybody cared about him, wondering if anybody loved him, probably even angry at God mm. in, in some sense. So we see again how this is so uh, such a great analogy for, you know, the atheist, the agnostic, the unbeliever, the seeker, um, they don't recognize their their need for Jesus, um, and sometimes they wonder why their life is the way that it is, but they can't find any hope. They can't find anything out there to, to cure them, to help them, to save them. And I think all of us in life are always looking around all over the place for assurance, you know, for, for some semblance of... Uh, being accepted or loved by someone, whether it's God or just people around us, but this guy is all alone, hopeless. I think I can say that I've felt that same way in my own sin. Um, We've talked about on this same podcast, you know, that I've struggled with addiction before, and in that, um, being, in one sense, I was blind to all the pain I was causing other people and the hurt I was doing to myself, what was happening between me and my relationship with God. Um, But in another sense, I did see all of the areas that it did affect my life. It affected me physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, It, it, you know, caused a lot of my relationships to be broken. Um, My spiritual life, I didn't really have one at the time. And so... Uh, stuck in my sin, um, there were all kinds of circumstances that you could say, in a sense, that I was like this leper, you know. I, I was, wasn't was a productive member of society and part of my community, and, and maybe when people looked at me, they felt sorry for me, and maybe I tried everything, and, and nothing worked. And so... That's the the beauty of this story because then we get to this point where he actually 
um, sees Jesus. He yeah. must have been walking around or walking past or whatever. And well, there, and there's something about. I mean, I think before we talk about how Jesus enters the picture here, I think it's good to acknowledge, like even in your story, Eric. Today, you look back on your addiction. You look back on all that pain. You look back on your disease, your infection, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you thank God for it because it opened your eyes to your need for a physician, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus even himself said it. It's the the healthy, those who think they're healthy aren't the ones who are looking for a doctor. It's the sick. So, and he said, Jesus said in another, another place how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because if you're rich, and it's not just a wealthy person, but it's a healthy person, if if you kind of feel like you have it all together, I think it's really easy to be an atheist. It's really easy to be an agnostic. It's really easy to think that you're in control. It's really easy to to sort of have the illusion that you do not have an infection because you've got everything under control. But when you get hit by leprosy, mm. you can't you can't help but understand your desperate place. So it's not surprising that it was the leopards, the lepers and the drunkards and the and the 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 lame and the blind and the sick. It's not surprising that all throughout the gospels, those are the ones that we see seeking out Jesus. And not just them, but sometimes their friends for them, like mm-hmm. we're gonna see next week. Yeah. It's not surprising because there's a there's a gift. There really is a gift to understanding your condition like that's a gift it's a gift to be able to be sense sensitized to your need and maybe there are some listeners right now who are even listening to this and they're in a place where there's just a real deep need they're aware maybe for the first time in their life they're aware that they're not in control they're aware of their deep and desperate need for jesus i'm sure they don't have leprosy but they're beginning to realize it's something like that Maybe it is an addiction like your story. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is a loss, a relational loss, or feeling like a pariah in society, or losing a job, or whatever. And uh, you know, I think it's good. There's a there's a kind of an aha moment when you can recognize that that's actually a gift from God, because it allows you to see that sort of the next scene mm-hmm. that we see in this story. Mm-hmm. And the next scene is. Where Jesus shows up. This is where Jesus can show up. This is where the cure starts to take place. Mark 1, 41 and 42, it says, moved with compassion. I love that. Moved with compassion. Jesus reached out and touched him. And he said, I am willing. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Again, this these are two simple verses. Mark is so good at just being really to the point, but there's so much to unfold in this passage right here, right? The first thing, Eric, is that he's moved with compassion. I love that he says, I am willing. Remember, the leper said, if you're willing, mm-hmm. you can heal me. So we see two things there. We see the leper recognized that Jesus had the power to heal. He'd heard the stories. Maybe he had seen some of the healings of Jesus. So he knew that Jesus had the power to heal, but what he wasn't sure about is whether Jesus was willing to do it. He knew that Jesus was great enough to do it. He wasn't sure if he was good enough to do it. Do you care about me? And it says that he was moved with compassion. That's part of the cure is the first part of the cure, actually, as you were talking about the gift of being sensitized and being able to see that you have this need. 
Um, going back again, I guess, to the, the verse prior where he says, if, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He's recognizing his need, and then he's also getting to the point where he realizes who Jesus is because he confidently says, you can make me clean. What's he doing there? He's saying, I know that you are Jesus, the Son of God, who has the power to heal this incurable disease, because only God could have healed this disease. I think they would have known that back then, Um, and this is what I think, as we carry this analogy on, is only Jesus, the great, great physician, as the Bible uh, alludes to about him, could heal this disease, and same way is we're, we're comparing this infection to sin. Only Jesus can take away our sin. And it's he's not just powerful enough to heal. He's also willing because that's who Jesus is. Jesus is powerful and yet loving at the same time. And he comes and he, and he heals this man. And, and it's amazing, actually, he touches him mm-hmm. because that kind of goes against the 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 laws of the Pharisees and and the community of that time was to not touch a leper. You would be unclean, actually, at that time. But Jesus... Yeah, not just actually physically. Not not only are you you jeopardizing your physical health by Mm -hmm. touching a leper, Mm -hmm. so you'd be potentially unclean like you'd be infected yourself. That's why the rule was there in the first place. Mm -hmm. But not even just physically or you know, medically you would be unclean, you would be religiously unclean. Mm-hmm. Like there were rules now. Now you had to you had to go out of the camp. You had to quarantine yourself. I mean, we understand all this with COVID now. It's just kind of a whole new understanding of this whole story. But I love that. Jesus, I mean, think about it, Eric. Jesus, the Bible says that God spoke the world into existence with a word. He could have spoken healing over the leper, but he didn't. That's another passage I think that we sometimes read over and miss the significance of it. He touched him. Mark made sure to say that. Mark is short, you know, he's really concise with his words, but he included that. Mm-hmm. He want, He's trying to send us a message that this is the God who, in this case, decided to heal not just with a word. He wanted to heal with a touch because he was sending a message. He was mm-hmm. sending a message that, that the, the holiness and the healthiness of Jesus is stronger than the infection mm-hmm. of the leper. And so Jesus touched him. I mean, think about that leper probably hadn't experienced physical touch, who knows for how long. Yeah, that's the compassionate part about it. Right. Is that he's he's giving him something that he hasn't had for a long time that he's been longing for. And that, you know, that really is, I, I guess that brings up something in my mind is that so many people are looking for the next cure you know, for their their problems, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, all these different cures that they're looking out out in the world for. And there are certainly graces of God through medicines and through diets and through wisdom that you can actually, you know, have some some more comfort in life, you know, or maybe have a, a better life. But yet in this instance it just really shows us that that Jesus is really the the only one that can fill that that giant void that every human being has um, in their heart in their soul he can give you 
He can give you mental health and physical health and emotional health. He can heal you from the past hurts and pains of your life um, where maybe you're lacking relationship. Well, sometimes the only relationship you you need is Jesus. And when you finally understand that you have a relationship with God, then maybe you can start to become healthy enough to start having other relationships. Mm. But it's beautiful to me. Um, and one of the other things that you said, I really have to just uh, share it because this cure, the cure for our sin then as, as metaphorical lepers for all human beings, the cure for our sin is is Jesus's not not just willingness but his fulfillment of the act to to come down to us to be like us to be in our world to touch us and to ultimately die for us and and that there's a visual I got while you were talking about him reaching out and touching touching the leper at the risk of actually harming himself right and he did that mm-hmm. to the fullest extent at the end of the Gospel of, of Mark when he dies on the cross. He, he did risk his life and actually gave it so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be cleansed, so that we could be healed. Right, so, so Jesus touching him doesn't just show his compassion, but it also like brings alive this metaphor. Mm. Touching a leper is like a metaphor for his incarnation. That he didn't just, from his perch in heaven, he didn't just write in the clouds, you can, you know, you can be forgiven, I love you, mm-hmm. I, I want to save you, but that he took on flesh, talk about the ultimate risk, he took on flesh and he made his dwelling among us. So really the touch of the leper is just a small picture of the incarnation of Jesus, which again leads to this, maybe we should take a minute here, Eric, to talk about, because there might be some listeners who are like, I don't really, like, I'm kind of understanding what you're saying here mm-hmm. about this leper, but you're, you're talking about this metaphor and this analogy of Jesus and salvation. Let's just take a minute real quick before we go to the rest of the story, because there's something else really cool happening here. So hang on, listeners. But before we even get to that, Eric, what are we, what exactly are we talking about when we talk about being saved being forgiven of our sins, right? So the mm-hmm. the leper had this 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 disease, this infection, and it's a metaphor for our sin and the infection that we have that we all have with sin. And then Jesus can heal us. How exactly does that work? So I love how we put it in in topics four, five, and six in the pursuit. It, it makes it easy. It makes it clear. Um, it starts out with talking about what sin is. Sin is all of humanity's problem. We've gone against God. Um, We've been born in in this nature that is opposed to God and and fallen. Um, And so the only solution to that sin problem that humans have then gets into topic topic five is Jesus. And so we got to understand who is Jesus. Well, we've been talking about he is, he's the son of God. He's the Messiah. He was God in the flesh, who came down to earth to start his ministry. That's what Mark's recording, right? So we talk about sin is our problem, uh, Jesus is the solution, um, and then we get to topic six, six, which is having our faith moment. And that's what we see here with this leper, is he knows his problem is, is this illness, this infection that only only Jesus could cure. 
And so he gets to his faith moment by saying, you can heal me. And in a sense, it's the same as saying, Jesus is Lord. Romans 10, 9 says, if anyone, you know, confesses that Jesus is Lord and believes that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so in a sense, he's saying, you are Jesus, you are Lord, you're the only one who can take care of my infection, my disease. And so he, in a sense, is placing his faith in him. And that's how this really relates to sin, who is Jesus, and getting to our faith moment. Yeah, so if you're listening to this and you'd you know you'd say, I don't know if I've ever done that before, even if you grew up in the church, you know, there are a lot of people who go to church every Sunday who have never personally responded in faith to Jesus. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian anymore that's, than sitting in your garage makes you a car. So you, you can go to church all you want, but a personal relationship with Jesus starts with recognizing your sin, see, knowing who Jesus is, and coming to him, um, like it says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, then we'll be saved. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's something your mama can't do for you, your dad can't do for you, your husband can't do for you, your grandparents can't do for you. Mm-hmm. This is this is the, a beautiful responsibility of every individual. So if you're out there listening and you would say, I don't know if I've ever done that, maybe you're in a small group going through this topic, maybe you're in a mentoring relationship, maybe you're just listening to this on a podcast, driving down the road, whatever it is, again, we encourage you, get with somebody and go through topics four, five, and six at pursuegod.org forward slash go. That's the pursuit series. And make sure in topic six, make sure that you put your faith in Christ, that you make a decision for Jesus personally, and uh, it'll change your life like this leper's life was changed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's one more thing, Eric, that that is so cool. Again, this is just something that if you're reading this passage, you might just read right past this and not understand the backstory or the significance of what's going on. But there's actually, you know, we've talked about the infection, we've talked about the cure, and now to kind of keep along with uh, that line of reasoning, let's talk about the prescription. It's like Jesus writes out mm-hmm. a prescription for the leper now, and it's it's in verses 43 and 44. It says that Jesus then sent him on his way. So here he is, he's healed now, mm-hmm. but nobody else knows it really. He sends him on his way and he gives him a warning, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. And then he says this, this will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. Eric, what's going on? Why would Jesus have him go to the priest? There was a a religious way or ritual that was also prescribed in the Old Testament on when someone... um, didn't have leprosy anymore and wanted to enter back into the community, wanted to maybe, you know, get some semblance of life back. There, That was a possibility that, that happened that God provided for back in the Old Testament. And this was what Jesus was reminding him to do. He was, This man must have been definitely a, a Jewish man who knew that there was a certain way that God had prescribed for a leper to get back invited into the graces of being uh, part of Israel again, being a- able to enter the city and have relationships again, and it was to go reveal himself to the priests who were the religious leaders at the time. Um, and and the reason why I believe that Jesus is saying that is he's saying because I this is the way that they'll actually accept 
that this miracle even happened in the first place. You know, this is the testimony. I want you to do it the proper way, the right way to, to, to have a good testimony of me so that these guys, because Jesus has a heart for even the religious people too. I mean, remember, this is the nation of Israel whom uh, God had favored and whom he came from, uh, you know, and that he was sent to actually save in the first place. Mm. And so Jesus was trying to reach them in a way that that they would understand, and he wanted to use this guy specifically to do it. So yeah, it's it's an in, it's a good insight that you know. Again, Jesus sent. You're gonna we're gonna notice as we read in Mark and the other Gospels as well that Jesus seems to always be like picking fights with Pharisees and the religious leaders. But yeah, I think this is like an olive branch. Mm-hmm. Jesus is this is his grace to the priest for the priest to maybe get a glimpse of Jesus's healing power. So that's one part of it. The other part of it, and this might even be more powerful, is what it means for the leper. Because remember, we said at the beginning, the part of leprosy, the part of the problem with leprosy, just like with sin, is it doesn't just impact one part of our lives, right? It impacts every single part of our lives. So sin impacts us mentally, emotionally, um, financially, relationally, spiritually, of course, obviously, Mm -hmm. but all these other ways as well. Like sin breaks every single part of us. And leprosy did the same thing for this leper. Leprosy was... You know, again, we don't even see on the surface the sin problem here. On the surface, it's the physical problem, and then it's the relational problem. So it's a societal problem. So the other part that's really cool here is that Jesus cares so much about this leper. He doesn't want to just heal him physically, but he wants to restore him even to society. And the leper couldn't have been restored to society unless he sort of followed these steps and went to the priest. It's kind of like going to your doctor to get a, to get a, yeah, I, this is, look, I got it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I Like I'm clean now. I'm good. I've got a clean bill of health. And the priest is the one who was, was going to be able to give him that. So the, going to the priest represented the leper being able to like Jesus said, have a public testimony yeah. to be able to go back into society. He didn't have to live in the leper colony anymore. He didn't have to cover himself and shout out unclean, unclean, because he was clean now. Mm-hmm. Not only did Jesus heal him, but the priest can verify it. And now this guy can be restored to society. And really for us today, that just means, look, we get we, when, when we encounter Jesus and the healing power of Jesus— it, he doesn't just restore us spiritually, but this is really cool for people to hear is he restores us relationally. Yeah. And I know that was part of your story as well when when Jesus healed you and set you free from your addiction. Yeah, I've had many relationships that were broken. They weren't all fixed, and, and probably in God's will, I didn't need a lot of these other relationships that maybe I had lost, and a lot of those were, you know lepers as well, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I realized the, the important people that were in my life, and, and God has certainly done amazing, amazing miracles in my life to give me greater relationships than I've ever had, because um, the ability to be sensitized and to be woken up to, 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 to my own sin, to be given that humility to to know that I needed Jesus, and then to have him cleanse me, to to change me, to give me a new heart uh, so that I would have 
the ability to love him and then love other people better. I mean, and that's really, hopefully, you know, what we can see in this story is that that Jesus, he does not, he doesn't just want to to heal his instant physical needs, but he wants to change his life um, so that he can learn to love God and love other people. He can be back in relationships. He can be restored. And and as I think about that, the idea of restoration, I think that's been playing out all in, in kind of chapter one as he started his public ministry and we started to see him casting out demons and healing people. Part of that was this this idea that he was he was wanting res- to restore fallen humanity you know he was wanting to show that his kingdom you know that he's bringing with him is really better than this world mm-hmm. this world has so much evidence of of its fallen and and broken state you know diseases and and sicknesses and and broken relationships and and all kinds of different pain and things don't work the way that they should and these are little glimpses, especially in this one, is God's desire to restore his creation. And he started it when Jesus first comes, and he's still doing that work here today. And the the other beautiful thing about this is that he's he's prescribing a way to, you know, to to start being able to share this testimony. Now, a lot of you guys are probably thinking about the weird part about it. It's like, why why can't he tell anyone? Um, and, and the last verse we'll read kind of helps us understand. It says in verse 45, but the man went and he was a little bit disobedient. He says he went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. As a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus. He couldn't publicly, publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places, but people from everywhere kept coming to him. It's, so it's yeah. it's kind of a weird way to end the it chapter, is. right? We're we're ending on this high note in verse forty four, but then verse forty five, Mark gives us this extra little kind of a footnote that really is a little bit confusing. Like why why didn't you know Jesus told the leper to go to the priest, but he said don't go to anyone else yet. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to go to even though the public testimony was going to be part of it and being let back into society was going to be part of it. But Jesus and there's. You know, we got more on this in the Pursue God resources, but there are reasons. It's not like Jesus is, we should go away and take this, that Jesus doesn't want us to tell anyone about him. That's yeah. not what's going on here. Mm-hmm. It's This was a timing thing that Jesus is early on in his ministry, and he wanted to, he didn't, he wanted it to kind of be a slow release, right? Yeah. He wasn't ready for this much fame and, and, and you know, inf- information out there about him yet, but it's funny that the guy couldn't help it. Mm-hmm. He couldn't help himself. I mean, I, you don't. You can't blame the guy that he couldn't help himself. That he went out. That he still like had. It was like overflowing with excitement and ambition. And but it was actually disobedient. Technically, it was disobedience. He disobeyed mm-hmm. Jesus, which I think is probably good for us to recognize that that yeah that can happen to us, right? When we come to faith. And maybe you maybe you know people like that, Eric. I, I think you might have been a little bit like that when you first came to faith, that you were so exuberant that sometimes in those early days of being a follower of Jesus, you you can overstep a little bit, and, mm-hmm. and then uh, over time you kind of mature and recognize how to share your faith with people. Yeah, I think it's 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 having zeal without wisdom or experience. Yeah, and so... 
there's been a lot of times I've probably been unwise in, in sharing my faith and done it with arguments. And, and so I think with this, it's, it's really good because it, it goes back to trusting Jesus, not just for his cure, but then learning to follow him the rest of the days of your life in your, in your joy now that you know that you're, you're, you're cured, you're going to heaven, you're going to be with Christ forever. We still need to trust the prescription. You know, we still need to trust what he said and go do it. And, and that's really a lesson for all of us, I think, is that if we're going to trust Jesus to, to take care of the biggest problem in our lives, which is sin, then we ought to listen to the rest of the words that he has to say about how to live after that. You know, and we call that honoring God, which mm-hmm. is also in the later modules of, uh, of the pursuit. But we, we, we start a relationship by trusting in Jesus, and that's, that's the good news. That's the beauty and the analogy of this story with the leper, is that we start a relationship by trusting in Jesus, and then we ought to go learn how to live a life that honors him. That certainly does mean sharing him in, in, in the ways that he wants us to share him. And we should go bear our testimony that, that God has done so much in our lives. Um, but the beauty of this story is that Jesus is, is willing to heal and cleanse uh, people from their sin for, for anyone who would come to him in faith and recognize that that he is, he is Lord. He is the Son of God. He has the power to do it. He's also willing. He's loving and compassionate. He desires to restore fallen uh, humanity in the fallen world uh, because this is, this is his place. This is his kingdom. He's spreading his kingdom on this earth, and he wants us to be a part of it. Well, that's the miracle cure from the great physician Jesus himself, Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45. Again, if you want to talk about this with your family, with your small group, with a mentor, this is part 7 of our Mark series. You can find all that at online at pursuegod.org forward slash Mark. And make sure to join us next week on the podcast because we're going to start into chapter 2, Mark chapter 2. We spent seven weeks in chapter 1, and next week we're going to start chapter 2. And this is where we're going to see Jesus starting to challenge religion. Make sure to join us next time. You're not going to want to miss it.